Why buy tires now? That's easy, because you'll save big right now at Big O Tires. Save $100 on a set of Big O brand tires with paid installation, but only for a limited time. And when you purchase using your Big O credit card, save an additional $50 for a total savings of $150. We told you this was big. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry. Offer ends August 25th. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Preseason had ended for the Chiefs, but the driving had just begun for the A-Team. It was a mobile Facebook Live featuring Brooke Pryor, Sam Mellinger, and me, Blair Kirkhoff, motoring along Interstate 43 South, headed from Green Bay to Milwaukee, while breaking down the Chiefs, 27-20 loss to the Packers on Thursday, and speculating on roster decisions that the team will have to make in the next couple of days. It's now presented as a podcast on Sportsbeat KC, brought to you by Big O Tires. It's Friday, August 30th. Hey guys, uh, we're live from somewhere on, what highway are you on, Blair? Interstate 43. Interstate 43, we are about 15 minutes into our drive back to Milwaukee. Uh, we are driving from Green Bay, where the Chiefs lost their final preseason game 27-20, but score didn't matter. More important thing is that, hey everybody, we survived the preseason. Um, and so, with that, we now get to roster cut weekend. But first, let's look back at the the final game of the preseason, the fourth preseason game that we all survived. Uh, we've got Sam in the back seat and Blair, who's driving, uh, and I'm the camera woman, trying to make sure my arm doesn't fall off. So, Sam, what were your biggest takeaways from tonight's game? It's over. That's a good thing. Um, but on, like the stuff from the game, there's a few things. One. Um, Darwin Thompson and uh, Darrell Williams not playing at all paints a pretty clear picture, right? Um, that's your number two and three. Carlos Hyde got a lot of snaps. Um, I think his spot on the roster is, is dubious at best. Um, Reggie Ragland played a lot, um, played the uh, the Sam linebacker role, uh, which was, I don't know if that was like a roster crunch or what, what happened there, but that was interesting. And then the other thing, and this is I, I got into in the column, um, I know this kind of sounds like a small thing or a dumb thing, but um, the tackling was really good this preseason. It was good tonight, and it was good like throughout the preseason. And they, uh, coming into tonight, uh, PFF had them the number one tackling team in the preseason, and they were not good last year at that. And I don't know if that's a Spags thing, if that's a coach thing, if that's a focus thing, but um, that is one trend that you would think could translate to the regular season. I think that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, I would agree with that. Blair, what was your uh, best takeaway? Well, um, the, the play of a couple of players, really. And I, I, you and I spoke before the game, Brooke, that, you know, Brett Veach and Andy Reid probably have the 53 in their, you know, decided. And we could, we could portray the game as being a, you know, the, a big moment for certain players, you know, bubble guys that were on the bubble, but and maybe there were some guys that you know that really needed to play well to to have on film for other teams to see. But but one who played particularly well on I'll give you one on offense and defense. But the one on offense that played particular defense, I'm sorry, that played really well was Jeremiah goes by Jerry. Help me pronounce the last name. Atocho. Atocho. 
Um, defensive end, Sam linebacker, uh, had two sacks basically on back-to-back plays. He he ended the Packers' first drive with a sack, and then he had a sack on the first play of their next possession. Had eight tackles, and I've seen some 50 th- projected 53s that have him on and some that don't have him on. He thinks he's on the 53. I talked to him after the game, and, and I think he is too. He's a high-energy guy. I think he, he'll be a... Um, you know, he'll, he'll be a good depth player, can also play special teams, is diverse. So I think there's going to be a spot for Jerry Atocho on, on this team. And the guy in offense who I, I didn't think much of in terms of his, um, you know, his, his place on the, on the 53 was Fortson, the, the tight end who caught a touchdown. He caught, yeah, he, he, was it a touchdown pass? Yeah, he had a touchdown pass, and he had a catch on the, the sideline. The, the, the 36-yarder for which he was flagged for taunting, which I thought was a terrible call. And then he also recovered a, either caused or recovered a fumble on special teams as well. So uh, I thought he had a really good night. But going back to our, our thought from 6.30 today, <laughs> this uh, the, the roster set, it's just – you know, if, if we designate some cuts as surprises, they're surprises to us. Um, I think Brett Veach knows exactly who he wants on this team. Yeah, I think so. Uh, to me, a guy, you know, so you've named off a couple guys who I'm trying to figure out how to work this camera here. Uh, you've <laughs> mentioned a couple guys who you think helped their roster situation. What about some of the guys who didn't help their roster situation tonight? I think the the first one that springs to mind is Mark Fields, who the last time that we saw him on the field, I believe he got, what, hurdled uh, by a guy, which is not it's not the highlight that you want uh, in your last uh, opportunity to make an impression in front of these coaches. Um, seems like that he had a really rough night. He had some penalties. And then we heard... Todd McShay say on a hot mic that 26 did not have a spot on the roster, I believe, which is not not what you want to hear. I mean, uh, Sam, was there anybody to you that seems like they did not help their their spot on the roster tonight? Um, I thought it was an opportunity for the quarterbacks, and I'm not sure that either one really grabbed it by the neck, you know. Um, Or anything else, yeah? Yeah. um, You know, I, I just... I think that's one of the positions that, that sort of, you know, there's a little bit of drama. There's a little uncertainty on on, on who's going to be the guy. And, you know, look like um, Shermer had some problems with the line, um, but he also had some problems feeling the pressure, um, you know, and that's that's up to the quarterback as well. So that, that's a missed opportunity. Um, I don't know if, if he'll still end up being the guy. I think he's probably the favorite coming into tonight. I would assume that would still be the case, but... Uh, you know, that was an opportunity that was, was kind of missed for him in the first half. Blair, what about you? Well, first of all, I thought I thought Shermer wasn't bad. He was 14 of 20 for 145 yards, something like that. Um, he the, the one complaint that I think you would have with him is, is he seems to lack the pocket presence that's necessary, and that was evident on the on, on the ball that was. Um, intercepted and returned for a touchdown. You know, it was a quick, you know, the offensive line didn't do him any favors there. They got to him, the pocket collapsed quickly, and his arm was, uh, you know, was was hit. And, and, and so 
but he also um, there was another play where you know he, he was he fumbled and was it was it Davis who alertly picked it up and mm-hmm. ran for about twelve or thirteen yeah, yards? Yeah, he was sacked and he fumbled as he was right. going down and it bounced on the turf. And then, uh, yeah, I think it was Richard Davis yeah. picked it up. It's the only sack I've ever seen that ended up as a 13-yard yeah. game. So I, I actually think that Shermer didn't play poorly. I think for his experience, he was he was okay. Um, Chase Linton, you know, what's the, what was the difference tonight between them? I, I don't I, – I can't identify. Linton didn't have an interception, but – Didn't have a pick. Um, he did get sacked once. You know, flip a coin – between those two, and we're talking about we're, we're talking about the, the practice team quarterback here, um, <laughs> someone who's uh, Matt those, Moore. Those Matt are the Moore's battles the that were that we're evaluating right. at this point. But but you mentioned earlier Carlos Hyde. You know the fact that he and uh, Marcus Marshall, I think, got all the carries. Those yeah, are the yeah. only two running backs that the Chiefs used tonight. Um, I, I don't think that it bodes well for for Hyde. I think. Marshall played well enough that, you know, just like Josh Caldwell a couple weeks ago ended up with uh, on the Bears roster, I can see Marcus Marshall getting picked up by someone else. And maybe Carlos Hyde too, but um, the question is, do the Chiefs start the year with, you know, with four running backs, a fifth including Anthony Sherman, or do they start with just, the, you know, the three running backs mm-hmm. and Sherman? I think that's more likely the case. I think so too. And Looking at another spot of guys, I, it, I, it was interesting to me that I went, you know, we had to write our, our stories ahead of time and file them early because of print deadlines. And so when we filed, my story included the fact that Demontre Wade and Herb Miller weren't playing and that probably solidified their roster spots. And then lo and behold, about two minutes after I filed, uh, they did come in the game in the fourth quarter with, I think, 12, 13 minutes left. Um, and then they played, I believe, the rest of the night. What does it say about their spots on the roster that they ended up coming in the fourth quarter and playing? Then? Do you think it has any impact whatsoever? Is Andy Reid sending a message? Why bring those guys in? I don't know. I think if I had to seed the, the free agent uh, cornerbacks – before tonight, I would have had Fields third, and he's the one who played what three quarters mm-hmm. of the game. And I'd had you know Demontre Wade, who was taking reps with the first team early in training camp, and Herb Miller, who's had who's had some pretty good moments in the preseason, some not so good moments, but some pretty good ones. Um, certainly more than Mark Fields had tonight. I, it was just a it was just a bad night all around. He had two. Two big penalties on, um, you know, on, on one of the Packers' touchdown drives. Then on a second touchdown drive, he had another pass interference in the end zone. So three major penalties on Mark Fields. Not a, not a good night at all for him. And as Todd McShay said, you know, <laughs> you know he may not be long for the roster. <laughs> Sam, what do you make of, of the cornerback rotation? Andy also said afterward that he felt like Mo Claiborne had a good game and. Um, that he needed to obviously get as much action as he could tonight because starting Saturday he can't be around the team for the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, that was expected and still kind of nice to see how much uh, Claiborne played. Um, I thought he did well, too. Um, he had the play. It was near the end zone. Was it in the end zone? It was in the end zone. Oh, yeah, 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 Andy play. thought great it was play. in the end zone. It was a terrific play. Um, you know, and look, like, um, if, if Morris Claiborne 
doesn't play well in a situation like that, we got some worries, right? But it's still nice to see that performance all the same. Uh, you know, the, the other guys like that Blair was talking about, um, I kind of like Herb Miller out of that group. And the reason is, at that point, you're just looking for a developmental guy. You're, you're basically looking for a lottery ticket. It's, it's a low cost, you know, maybe you get something out of it kind of deal. And to me, Herb Miller profiles is the kind of guy that you want in that um, he has some really good moments and some really bad moments. And I would just think that with coaching, with experience, with confidence, the bad moments can smooth out and, and you get more of the good. And, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But to me, that's the that's the guy that might get you, you know, sort of the best the best opportunity, the best the best chance to, to get something out of this. Sam, you want to go to your uh, phone see if we have any questions? Yeah, give me a minute. Here. <laughs> we are at exit uh, 157 on Highway 43 for anyone who knows where that is. Uh, Still another 90 miles to Milwaukee. Which is why we're doing this in the car uh, so that we can multitask. Hey, this gives us something to do while we drive, <laughs> while Blair drives. Uh, <laughs> And B, we just really want to get back. Um, Blair, what's your biggest takeaway from the preseason this year? As a whole, well, I'll tell you one. I was interested to hear what Sam wrote about in his column about the tackling. Um, I think that was undermined a little bit by the turnovers in the preseason. You know, this is – you look at trends for Andy Reid coach teams, and I'll just take this, his Chiefs coach teams – they're among the NFL leaders in fewest turnovers. Um, we remember Alex, we used to talk about Alex Smith. He, you know, he doesn't win you games, but he doesn't get you beat because he never throws interceptions. And the Chiefs just don't fumble. It was famously Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first attempt as a Chief and didn't fumble after that as when he played. I think the Chiefs had six turnovers in the four preseason games. Now, none by the first team offense. So you know, none, none of the Mahomes led drives produced a turnover but the fact that they were they were dominating this game in total yards tonight um you know to the tune of like 150 to 20 at one point mm -hmm. but you had the Shermer pick six and, and then you had the uh, who lost the fumble was it uh, I don't know I who think they, it was Marcus Marshall right it seemed like the, the, nothing went right in the whole operation right. the handoff and Marshall uh, didn't and that ended up I forgot whether that ended up a field goal or whatever but um, but yeah that so that happened in the first half and I you know I go back to other pre the, the Steelers game there were turnovers and that's where Carlos Hyde turned the ball over against the, the Steelers and um, the interceptions came from Shermer and Linton they didn't come from uh, from Mahomes I can't remember if any had one or not before he got hurt. But that's just you know a little bit of a troubling pattern to have the, the, the Chiefs turn the ball over in the preseason. It, they take so much pride in taking care of the ball, and it just it just didn't happen in these four games. Sam, what's your biggest preseason takeaway? Um, I, I've been kind of looking at the defense a lot more than the offense this preseason, just because um, I assume that the offense is going to score. You know, like, I, I think they're going to score a lot of points. I'm not. I'm not too worried about that. But defensively, obviously, uh, anybody old enough to remember uh, last year uh, knows, knows the <laughs> issues there. So, look, uh, a huge chunk of this is missing in the preseason because we don't see any 
of the stunts, any of the schemes, any of that stuff, that, the game plans that Steve Spagnuolo was largely hired for. But I do think that the tackling matters. And I do think that that is, um, you know, encouraging point. I, I think their personnel is better. And uh, But I also have a little bit of a concern with, I think they're behind schedule. They were always going to be slow. But then Tyron Matthews played like three snaps, four snaps, four snaps. this whole preseason. And, and he, you know, him and Frank Clark are kind of 1A, 1B, right? But Tyron is the guy in that secondary that was sorely lacking anybody that could make a play. He's the guy that's going to make a play. And I just, I, I think that something's been lost. An opportunity, if nothing else, has been lost this, this preseason of him to be able to play around those guys and for those guys to be able to play around him. So long term, I still think that assuming health, uh, the Chiefs defense is going to be significantly uh, improved from last year. And I don't mean that as like a backhanded compliment. Um, but just in the short term, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than it might have otherwise. Well, you know, that builds off my next question. Are they ready for Jacksonville? I mean, did they get enough work in to be ready to play a game that actually matters in a week? You know, the defense has been on the, the starting defense has been on the field for two snaps in the entire preseason. Um, but that's that's par for the course for preseason football these days. It's uh, starters don't play uh, for on, on a lot of these teams. So, but Sam's right. This is a this was a situation where it could have used some some more snaps for chemistry and communication and the issues that uh, can only be resolved by by playing together, being together on the field. And you know, are they ready for a regular season game? You know, they're. Doesn't matter. They're, they're going to play. They're going to play one. So um, I, we'll see. I, I I've said all along that it's going to take weeks for this defense to to be what I think fans want it to be. Uh, will they have the patience? I I do think the Chiefs are going to have to outscore people the way they did last year. Um, think of you know Patriots game and some others, the Rams game. They're going to have to outscore some people, uh, and they lost both of those, by the way. Uh, <laughs> But um, early on, while this defense does get used to each other, but there are good pieces here. In total, better pieces than than last year's defense. And, and the coaching change is just, you know, just sometimes you just need to hear a new, you know, a new voice. And uh, even with a New England accent, they're, they're, hearing a, they're hearing a new voice now. They really are. All right, Sam, what kind of questions do you have back there? Uh, we got two All right. we can, uh, that we can roll with here. Uh, the first is not really a question as much as Todd Bryant says, good luck to the Chiefs landing tonight at MCI. I guess there was a major rain. Oh, good. Suckers. We don't have to worry about that tonight. <laughs> do we? No, we sure don't. All right. And then uh, Robert says, uh, it's hard to avoid the feeling that the Chiefs have zero backup quarterbacks. And I'll just go real quick. I think I get it. Um, they started off the preseason with a pretty strong backup quarterback, I think. Uh, you know, I think that, that the consensus, right, is that Chad Henney can get you through a half a game, maybe yeah. two games, something like that. Um, don't know. The, the, did I miss the timeline on him? I don't think they've given No, him they haven't like, given one. Uh, so and, He was in Green Moore, Bay for surgery, though. So Matt Moore is um, the best option at the moment, I guess, but um, he was also uh, literally – uh, had the only throwing that he had done, I think, in about a year, 
was with his high school, his old high school. He was helping coach the, the quarterbacks at his old high school and just throwing around to give the defense a different look. And that was like the only throwing that he had done in, in a while. So that, that's going to take some time. But, um, you know, it is a good point. There's no backup quarterbacks. But at the same point, like, if the backup quarterback has to play, something else went really, really wrong because um, that's not anything anybody wants to see. Exactly. Do you have any thoughts, Blair? No, that, no, that, that, that's right. Um, but a lot of teams are in that position of totally without you know not having the backup quarterback you want. I don't. You know, it turns out in 2016 the Chiefs had the ideal scenario with uh, Nick Foles backing up Alex Smith, and um, there there are very few Nick Foles out there on, on the landscape. So um, with people in Green Bay are having the same conversation tonight about. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, how you know, what, what kind of situation the Packers are going to be in? Not not so much. Yeah, because Deshaun Kaiser is not. No, it's not who you want it to be. Tim Boyle is not is not the answer either. So, um, not very many answers here. No, but but it uh, is. Uh, but but it is. Not not that you want to see this tested, but one of the reasons we think the Chiefs are phenomenal offensively is not just because of Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's it's because of everything else on this offense, the other skilled people. And, you know, we, we, we've never seen Kyle Shermer or, you know, Chase Linton with the first-team offense either. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we're basing, basing his, his performance on, you know, going against similar, you know, similar uh, guys on the depth chart. So... I don't know if it comes to you know Matt Moore or Kyle Shermer throwing the ball to Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, handing it off to Williams or Darwin Thompson. You know they're just going to be better by you know just by association. But it's not who you want. Obviously, it's not it's not what you want. But I think the Chiefs, if everything else being equal in terms of backup quarterbacks, the Chiefs still have the best playmaking, the best playmakers surrounding their quarterback. Right. All right, guys. Well, we have been going for about 20 minutes, which is 20 minutes longer than I thought we'd be able to talk about the fourth preseason game. Is there anything else we want to cover before we sign off and, I don't know, have a sing-along in the car for the next hour and 10 minutes? Oh, we'll beat that. Uh... <laughs> Cops, if you're watching, don't tell your friends one. in Wisconsin. Better and moved by Blair slowed down very deftly. I was just waiting for the lights to come on behind yeah. us. Was this your first trip to Lambeau Field? It was. What'd you think? I liked it. I thought it, I thought it was pretty cool. I wish that I could have gone down on the field, uh, but that was not an option. That was not allowed on our press badges. So you know, the, the Chiefs played like every NFL team two preseason games at home this year. The Chiefs' attendance was good for those games, uh, as the, they expected it to be. Uh, but neither crowd that we saw at Arrowhead matched what we saw at Lambeau Field tonight. For the fourth preseason game, knowing that Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and you know, none of the starters were going to play, it, they called it 73,000 and it looked every bit of that. Mm-hmm. It just was amazing to see that many people in a stadium for a game so meaningless as, as this one. The Packers fans are, are unbelievable. And, and just to underscore that a little bit, like – I don't know if I'm thinking too much about it, but um, this is a different place. Like, Green Bay is two hours from Milwaukee, and, you know, so it's a Thursday. Like, people have school and jobs and stuff like that in the morning. It's just, I, I think 
that takes it to a different level too. You know what I mean? Like you got to drive to get here unless you live in Green Bay. And, you know, there's barely more people in Green Bay than, than, than can sit in that mm-hmm. stadium. So um, I was that, – that's as big of a preseason crowd as I, as I can remember. I think my personal favorite was when we noticed that the uh, the lights turn off after <laughs> after Green Bay scores a touchdown and it turns into like a mini rave there for a little bit. And the lights like flicker for a little bit. They play bang on the drum all day. Somebody does a Lambo leap and then they kick the extra point and then – bang on the drum on day resumes and then they leave the lights on but i didn't know it turned into a rave that was uh, with the first time it happened i thought oh hell you know <laughs> <laughs> we've just lost the power and we're going to be we're going to be down for 30 minutes on a fourth preseason game uh but no no they, they those lights went right back on but it was i don't know how it looked on television but it was it was kind of eerie at the stadium watching that happen yeah i think so Sam, anything else to add? I give the lights going out. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. It's a no. It's a no. All right. Well, uh, unless anybody else has anything to add, I think we should sign off. We're on to Jacksonville. We're on to Jacksonville. So from somewhere on I-43, we're out, and we will see you guys uh, later this week. I want to thank producer Leah Becerra for putting the show together. Links to our stories can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week talking sports in Kansas City. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCOffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.